Lord, this morning we thank you for the privilege that we have to come before you. This morning we confess your name is greater. Your power is greater. You are awesome. And this morning we pray that you would minister to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us. This morning, Lord, I pray that our eyes will be open to behold the wondrous things that proceed out of your word. Lord, I pray this morning our ears will be open to hear the sensitivity and feel the sensitive, that beautiful, melodious voice of our Savior. Lord, I pray that our minds will be open to receive and understand the scriptures this morning. Remove every thought out of our minds. And Lord, I pray that our hearts and our minds will be set on Jesus. We thank you for God's people who have come this morning and I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to them, reveal to them, empower them as I stand behind the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Would you turn your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 7. Thank you, choir. Oh, so wonderful. Pray for, thank God for all of God's people who are here with us and who have joined us this morning. And um, we thank God for you. And I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. <clears throat> From the book of Acts, chapter 7. I want to read from, or someone can help me to read from verses 54 through 60. Acts chapter 7. Praise God. Last week, Pastor Finney spoke about blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
in our small group last week on Monday, as we gathered together, six of us, seven of us discussed this matter. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And as each one was discussing about this, we came to some sort of conclusion that seeing God sometimes may be in the natural, but for all of us, seeing God is something we all can experience in the spiritual. Amen? That seeing God naturally is something that maybe very few have seen or could see. But all of us can experience God and see God at work spiritually and with eyes of faith. Here we see a person that saw God. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Luke is known as a beloved physician. But he doesn't prescribe any medicine for us that the scriptures talk about. He doesn't treat people that we know of in a hospital. But he has prescribed and described the anatomy and the chemistry of the early church and he has given us a gospel which enables us to understand the length and the breadth and the manner in which Jesus was doing his ministry. And he uses various themes in the gospel as well as the book of Acts. He uses money. Money is a theme that he often speaks about and is reflected also in the book of Acts. He speaks about prayer. <clears throat> prayer is a dominant theme that he sees, that he speaks about in the Gospels and he repeats in the book of Acts. But the most dominant theme that he writes about in the Gospel as well as in the uh, book of Acts is the theme of the work of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. No other person has given us more about the Holy Spirit that writes more about the Holy Spirit than Luke. It's a Lucan theme, and it's a very dominant theme all throughout the New Testament, of, or I should say, all throughout the book of Acts. And so here we come to this passage, and again, as we have seen, that Jesus talks in Acts chapter 1, that you, that you have been baptized, you have been, that the baptism of, he speaks about the baptism of John, that you have been baptized in, with the, excuse me, Acts chapter 1, Jesus talks and says that you, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit, he gives us a long, long, he gives us examples of people and he gives examples of what it means when people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 gives us that you shall receive power, the words of Jesus, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts chapter 2, we see that those who were filled with the Holy Spirit spoke with 
other tongues. When we come to Acts chapter 4, we read that when they were all filled with the Spirit, they spake the word of God with boldness. Power, tongues, they spake the word of God with boldness. When they were all filled with the Spirit, great grace was upon them all, signifying that the power of the Holy Spirit has that potential and has that empowering of grace. As we move forward, we come to this chapter. And I want to highlight for you that a man that was filled with God's Spirit, we see evidence of three things that we, we see. But as before I move there, I just wanted to highlight for you. The man of Stephen, who is nestled between the messages of Peter and the messages of Paul. That the New Testament writer puts Stephen for us right in the center of between two powerful apostles. And he comes to us out of a situation that arises in the early church, one that seemingly becomes problematic of neglect of the widows. And in this, in this neglect, there, has, there comes a solution. And the solution is to bring up seven men and the qualifications of those seven men. And the Bible describes those qualifications for us. But in terms of Stephen, I wanted to bring that as a backdrop for you before we go into this portion that seemingly is at the end of his life. Stephen comes to us with a very, very, very powerful profile. <clears throat> I want to help you to understand his profile before we step in towards the end of his life because I believe it will help us to understand how the end can only happen if there is something powerful in the beginning. Your end cannot just come out of thin air. My end cannot come out of thin air. Our end can only come from something that is solid. Bible says that those that are dead in Christ shall rise, but the dead in Christ cannot come as dead in Christ unless you live in Christ. It is those that live in Christ can die in Christ. So we come to that point. I just wanted to highlight for you a few points of Stephen, and I want you to look at this and point to that one word. <clears throat> Brethren, Chapter 6, follow me please. Brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report or good reputation. So Stephen has that of a good reputation or an honest report. Full of the Holy Ghost, I want you to keep that word. That word full is something that is repeated very often by Luke and the book of Acts. Full of the Holy Ghost. And wisdom, that means full of wisdom, whom we may appoint. And so we have full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom. As they come and pick Stephen, look at verse 5. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Stephen 
gives us a pedigree of a man that is being appointed for the service of widows. One would offer, one would, one cannot, one would probably, all of us would look and say, why do you need such a huge credentialing to have to service a widow? To wait on tables, why would the scriptures give such an elaborate credentialing that is necessary for the service of widows? But it doesn't end there. I want you to turn and then go to verse 8. Verse 8 says, And Stephen, full of grace, full of power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. It doesn't end there. Verse 15, And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Full of grace, full of power, full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom. All this this is all that we know about this man. He comes out of nowhere, but the scriptures give us some powerful detail that attached to the life of a man that is waiting on tables, that are waiting to service the widows. I don't believe that was accidental. I believe that the scriptures, when they say it's full, it means he was full. I don't believe it was just added. I don't think it was something that was padded. Rather, I believe that the Holy Spirit, when it, exam when it looked into Stephen, when it spoke about Stephen, it had something very powerful to, to reflect for all that are reading about him and all that have seen him. This morning, I want to ask all of us, what could the scriptures, what would the word of God speak for us? Here, it's, it's, it's so powerful that it says he was full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of faith. He was full of power. He was full of wisdom, full of grace. Where do you find such a man? Where do you find such a man? How is it that he was able to be in such an inconspicuous place that he was servicing the widows? How is it that he's not somewhere in a platform? When the Holy Spirit selected him, when the Holy Spirit appointed him for the ministry, the appointment to the ministry was at a place that we would look to a place of the widows as something insignificant. I'm saying as we. But in the eyes of God, being servicing at the tables demonstrated something very powerful for us that though his ministry started at the place of waiting on tables, it did not end there. He may have started there, but he did not end there. 
because the Holy Spirit and the anointing that he had took him to a place of prominence and significance. And this morning I want to tell you, wherever God has placed you, wherever God has set you, be faithful. Be faithful. Because it is from that place all of us and you and I can launch into a place of significance. When we try to put ourselves in a place of significance, you will not reach the place where God wants you, but rather allow the Holy Spirit to take you and move you into a place of significance. Don't choose the place of significance. Allow the Holy Spirit to move you to the place of significance. Brothers and sisters, this morning I want to tell you, as we are anointed, as if the Holy Spirit is pouring into us, if the Holy Spirit is pouring into us, we are being filled, your cup, your vessel, this morning, if it is being filled with the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit is being filled inside you, the spirit of wisdom will demonstrate itself at its point of need. As the Holy Spirit is being filled within you, the Spirit of grace will manifest within you. As the Holy Spirit is being filled in you, you will receive faith to believe God for great things. As the Holy Spirit is being poured within you, Power will demonstrate because that is the work of the Holy Spirit. This morning, I invite you, I invite each of us to ask for the empowering and the enablement of the Holy Spirit. Because the Lord says he is our help. He is our advocate. And this morning, whatever work that you and I are doing, as good as you know your work, as knowledgeable as you are about your work, as skilled as you are about your work, I want to tell you, if the Holy Spirit's presence or the Holy Spirit grace is upon you, your work will get noticed in a different dimension. Asking for the power, asking for the Holy Spirit. And I believe with Stephen's life, as we look we come to this point where he is giving this message. It is a very powerful message. It is not only powerful, it is the longest message in the New Testament. This morning, I'm not going to give the longest message in the New Testament. I don't want to keep you long, but I want you to understand that this morning, that that long message that he gave had some very powerful content. That the life of Stephen, as it is being filled with the Holy Spirit, hit the subject of his message, the subject of his message this morning, I want you to know it was very God-centered. It was very God-centered. Chapter 2, verse 2, the God of glory appeared unto Abraham. Verse 6, God spake on this wise that his seed to sojourn in a strange land. The patriarchs moved with envy and sold into Egypt, but God was with him, verse 9. Uh, verse 32, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Verse 17, by the 
But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew, multiplied in Egypt. What I'm trying to show you, each of his message was very God-centric, God-centered. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he will make us Christ-centered. He will make us God-centered. Not just the message on your pulpit will be God-centered, but your life will demonstrate that God-centeredness, that Christ-centeredness. And this morning I want to pray, and I pray that my life, that for us all, that as the Holy Spirit fills within us, that as we are full of the Holy Spirit, we will exemplify, we will exhibit that God-centeredness, that Christ-centeredness that overflows naturally. That overflows naturally. What overflowed out of him, what overflowed out of him was the Christ-centeredness and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that the writer who was writing says his face shone like an angel. His face shone. And I am now I come to that point of three things that the Holy Spirit put within me. Verse 55. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed on him with their teeth. Verse 55. But he, but he, can we read that together? Being, let's just read that together. Is it up here? No, it isn't up there. Okay. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost. He started, he was selected as one that was full of the Holy Ghost. And in his ministry, in his life, in his journey, what we find is that as he comes towards the end of his life, which at that point he may not have known, but the Holy Spirit describes he being full That thought arrested me. He being full, being full at that point, he was full of the Holy Spirit. But that was not, a, that was a continuous thing that came. A continuous thing. And the Bible describes for us three things that happened to him as he being full. Number one, he looked steadfastly into the heavens. He looked steadfastly into the heavens as he being full of the Holy Ghost. Number one, we find that he is looking steadfastly into the heavens. We cannot look steadfastly into the heavens unless we have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Everything around us, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we will look around us. We will look into us. We will hear what other people will say. We will hear what others may give us advice. But only when we are full of the Holy Spirit, Stephen gives us a model that says, looking steadfastly unto the heavens. This morning, as we are reading this, as we are hearing this, if we are full this morning, are we being full? Where is our look this morning? Where is our look this morning? Are we looking 
steadfastly into the heavens or God forbid we are looking steadfastly into something else. This morning the Holy Spirit's searchlight is asking all of us to look and ask where is our look? Where is our look? The psalmist talks about a man that looked, they that looked unto him, their faces were, come on, their faces were radiant. Their faces were radiant and they were not ashamed. Hallelujah. If you can describe Stephen, he being full of the Holy Ghost, looking steadfastly into the heavens, his face radiated that wonderful glory. Hallelujah. Looking steadfastly into the heavens, such a one is not marked, such a one is not confused because he knows from whence his help comes from. I will look mine eyes under the hills. From whence cometh my help and salvation? My help comes from the Lord. This morning, can you say that? My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. I'm not looking here. I'm not looking at there. Lord, I look to you because my help comes from you. This morning as we look, it is all based on our look, my friend. If you are looking up, your help will come. Because the psalmist says so. I will lift mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help and salvation. Being full of the Holy Spirit enabled him to look up into the heavens this morning. As we are being full, we are not just speaking in tongues. We're not just speaking in tongues, right? Being full of the Holy Spirit is not just speaking in tongues, but rather it produces an exhibition of our eyes to look up. Away from this world that says, set not your affections on things above, uh, on this earth, but above from whence cometh. Right? So God's spirit, it is that empowering of the spirit. It is being filled with the Holy Spirit that we can look up. Second thing, second thing, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, not only was he able to look up into the heavens, he sees, he sees the glory of God. The glory of God. Glory of God is something so, oh my goodness, how many people saw the glory in the Old Testament, right? What a sight. The writer of Romans says, all have sinned and what? Fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God in his mercy, God in his grace has justified you, clothed you with the robe of righteousness, given you a garment of praise so that you can be empowered with the spirit so that you can also see his glory. You are eyewitnesses and your gospel that you preach and the gospel that you receive is a gospel of glory. Do you know that? That the gospel that you have received, that the gospel that you hold is a gospel of glory and Paul writing to the church says, it is Christ in you. Christ in you the hope. 
The glory is now set within you. Kingdom is within you. And it is being full of the Holy Spirit that you can experience and to know that the Christ in you is the glory. It's the hope of glory. And it is that glory that is exhibited in our lives. Hallelujah. I want you to see that one verse, 2 Corinthians. I will read it for you because it may, <clears throat> you may take some time as he says, but we, that the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But check this. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We are beholding the glory of the Lord. As we abide with Jesus, as the Holy Spirit is being empowered within us, check this out. We behold the glory of God and the exhibition of the fact that we behold is we are being changed. We are being changed. That those that looked into them, their faces were radiant, they see the glory, but it's just not seeing the glory. It is that our life is manifesting. Our life is exhibiting that glory that we are conformed. The same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. As we are empowered by the Spirit, Apostle Paul is saying that we are being changed from glory to glory. Our image, it is not the same Finney it was there that was five years ago. It's not the same Finney or it's not the same person, but rather he is being changed and conformed to the image and the likeness of Christ himself by the indwelling of the spirit. It's by the spirit of God. It has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with what you are doing. That doesn't mean it is the involvement. It is, it is the involvement of the Holy Spirit within you and me. It is the work of the Holy Spirit within you. It is the infilling of the Holy Spirit within you and me. When he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he looked steadfastly into the heavens. Number two, he saw the glory of God. And this morning, as we see God's glory, we are being changed from glory to glory. Number three. <coughs> Number three, <coughs> Acts chapter seven. Um, and he, verse 16. He kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not the sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Being full of the Holy Ghost, looking steadfastly into the heavens, seeing the glory of God, the third thing is falling on his knees calling and praying unto God. Empowerment of the Holy Spirit causes one to fall into his knees. It is the falling of the knees that Luke describes for us. My friend, he could have just said he prayed. But I believe Luke brings forth to us the fact that Jesus, that Stephen knelt because Luke writes, and he's the only one that writes about Jesus kneeling before the Father. 
Luke portrays Stephen as that magnificent model for us that he says when he is empowered by the Holy Spirit, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he fell, you know where? To the knees. He fell to his knees and he portrays Stephen as the master. He portrays him like the master, not only in falling to the knees, but also in the two prayers that he prays. He prays two prayers there. I want you to notice. One, he says, and both prayers come from the cross. Both of the prayers of Stephen are pulled back from the cross into the place of Stephen's death to portray that Stephen's model is Christ himself. Because somewhere along the line, somewhere when he was getting and hearing the word of truth, he remembered the apostles saying that the master fell on his knees. Somewhere he listened and somewhere he heard that Jesus used to pray and the place and the posture of Jesus was to fall on his knees. And so this is a practice that Stephen had before he came to this place. You cannot fall to the knee. You cannot fall to the knee unless you are kneeling. You don't come to that place of knees when the stones come unless you have built, unless you have built that reputation, I shouldn't say reputation, that experience of falling into the knees. The scriptures talk about Jesus coming to the knee. And here is the significance of Stephen in that as he is empowered with the Holy Spirit, is able to fall into his knees. This morning, I want to ask, are you a kneeling Christian? Are you a kneeling Christian? One of the things that I have observed in our traditional Indian churches, I'm not talking about us, I'm talking about Orthodox churches or Episcopalian churches. There is a time when everyone, everyone in the congregation falls on their knees or, or is, comes to the knees. And I feel it is a solemn and a sacred moment as even as collectively, I'm not talking about people who can't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting into the physical ailments. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? If you cannot go, that's something different. But there is something to be said. There is something to be said when the scriptures of the Old Testament and the New Testament give us that model of kneeling. Solomon kneeled. David kneeled. Jesus kneeled. And here is Stephen. At the finest hour of his life, the Bible describes a man who is empowered and filled, full, full of the Holy Spirit looking steadfastly into the heavens, seeing the glory of God and falling on his knees. And the prayer that he utters is so magnificent that it comes from the cross and Luke brings that prayer right in front of you as Stephen is praying so you can be reminded, hey, isn't this, the, this is the prayer that our Lord uttered 
He says, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, to the Jewish Sanhedrin and to the Jewish community, at the point of his kneeling, he is pointing a finger to them and telling them, Jesus is Lord. He is not backing away from his statement. And he's saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And the second prayer he gives is, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Brings us to back to the cross where Jesus says, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. And Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do. They know not. They know not what they do. You and I cannot pray that prayer unless we are full of the Holy Spirit. The words or the, 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 the Abel's blood cried for vengeance, but a man that is full of God's Holy Spirit, a man that is full of God's Holy Spirit, declares to the world and for the world and for the body of Christ at large that says, Father, Father, lay not this sin to their charge. Lord, I commit my spirit to you this morning. I ask myself and I, I say and I pray for myself and I pray this prayer. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, let my eyes look into the heavens from whence cometh my help and my salvation. Lord, may my eyes behold and see the greatness and the awesomeness and the work of the mighty God. Lord, may my eyes see the wonder and the beauty of the glory of God. And may, may my knees fall to experience the Lord, that the prayer of Jesus, that the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus could come forth out of us this morning. Father, forgive them. The finest hour of Stephen is displayed for us and for the body of Christ and for the church at large to show what a great man that stood in front this morning. The greatness, our greatness, the greatness is to be filled with God's spirit, to be filled with Jesus. He called them that they might be with him. He called them that they might be with him. This morning, may each of us find the sweetness. May each of us, each of us find the joy and the sweetness of being filled with God's spirit so that we also can look into the heavens. We also can see and look at the glory of God and forget the glory of this world and to pray and to fall into the knees even as the model that was shown by Stephen, who emulated the Lord Jesus.